This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, hi everyone, it's uh, Mike. I'm finally back in what feels like, uh, I must admit, feels like forever um, since I've actually been here, to be honest. Uh, sadly, got struck down with COVID, but I must admit, it's absolutely bloody brilliant to be back, to be honest with you. Um, Andy? How are you, mate? Welcome back to the pod, shall I say? It kind of feels weird. You should be welcoming me back, I think. <laughs> well, this this will be my third one back now. Um, but yeah, you know, issues keep happening. My, my car, as people probably know, has got more issues. I'm probably going to scrap it, but, you know, we'll be all right. going to say, mate, that car needs putting down. <laughs> if it was an animal, you would have put it down by now, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. It's not just the clutch, the gearbox and flywheel have gone so expensive. Yeah, well, you'll you'll get there, mate. You'll get there. Um, but thanks for holding the fort as always, uh, right. Mr. Buxton. Uh, obviously, you're back as always, mate. You're a permanent fixture for for good or bad. Uh, you're a permanent fixture. So, <laughs> how's things, mate? I uh, I can only apologise to people that I don't have a week off every now and again, <laughs> and they have to keep listening to me all the time. I, I sorry, people. Hey, Andy, just just going back onto your car. That if you ever hear the team economic write-off i haven't no yeah have a look look it up (laughs) i will do (laughs) he needs a way of getting these away games mate i bet he's still been going loads of away matches so i didn't go tonight i don't blame you i wouldn't go to bloody burnley on a wednesday night sod that no thank you very much um but anyway speaking of burnley um I'm a little bit more happier than I thought I was going to be, if I'm honest with you. Uh, at this, I'm not saying I'm, it was a completely fantastic performance. We'll, we'll get on to that. But uh, I find myself feeling quite um, bright and perky, if that's the right phrase to use. Um, Dan, what was your overall thoughts of the match, mate? I thought it was a bit of a dud match for a good 45 minutes. There was nothing in that first half. But um, I think me and you used the, the words professional display, didn't we, in the first half? Yeah, I thought we it was a very good away performance, to be honest. Because let's face it, at the minute, with the players we've got available, we we are we're not as good as Burnley, are we? You know, the eleven that we had out on the pitch no. is not as good as the Burnley team, and they're in form. We're not. Uh, the, you know, they are. They've got a manager who's settled in there. We've got one still finding his feet. We got battered at the weekend. You know, they they're on a great run, like I just said. So. 
it all pointed towards we needed to do something to stem the you know stem the flow, change the game off what it naturally would have progressed to. And to be honest, I think we did it very well. Uh, there were some comments we saw, didn't we? And you know, there's a couple of group chats we hear and people complaining that you always negative, it's boring and all that. But at the end of the day, that that was the plan. <laughs> You'd see Alex Neil saw at the weekend that if we go if we open ourselves up against these good teams at the minute, we are just gonna get ripped apart. Yeah. So absolutely. he's decided. So he decided what we needed to do was, even if we went one nil down, keep it tight, stay back. Obviously, if we can get some of us on the break in the meantime, fantastic. But then make sure that in the last five, ten minutes of the game, we are still in the match. And then when the opposition start to drop deep, because naturally, no matter what manager tells players to do, in the last five, ten minutes, if you're a goal up, you naturally, teams just drop off, don't they? Because they're protecting what they've got at that point. Yeah. And Stoke then, Stoke thing is, play, stay in the game, 80, 85 minutes, whatever, start then, to look, as Burnley sort of drop off and start to try and protect what they've got, then we'll give it a good go then. Well, there was no point as opening up and being three or four nil down with twenty minutes to go because what you're out the game then, aren't you? Well, exactly, mate. And everybody would have been complaining um, about that. And to be fair, rightly so because I think people wanted to see a reaction tonight. I thought the, like I said, it was a professional performance that they did everything they needed to do. I think Neil got it absolutely spot on tonight. I think that is exactly how we had to approach the match. And like you just said, you hold on, you hold on. We're still in the game until the last minute. And then we, we nick it, what, 87th minute? It doesn't really yeah. give them much time to come back into it. I mean, yeah, you know, it's nice to win a game. Obviously, we want, I think saw someone's comment about, um, you know, oh, we, you know, we should be, what have we, be, you know, become having, you know, trying to drag a point out of Burnley? But the fact is, we are where we are. I mean, you've made a point several times, and and Andy, I'm sure you'd probably agree with this, but there's a lot of players out injured, uh, as we're all fully aware. I don't know when the heck the last time we had a full-strength team was. The likes of Powell and Time and everyone still injured yet again. So, like, I'd love to see what we could do with a full-strength team, but I think we we did what we could have done out of tonight's match. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I, I I didn't really enjoy watching the game. Obviously, you know, Burnley were the better team, had 70% possession, played three times the amount of many passes as we did. And we just seemed to do the simple things right. Obviously, Fosu pushing further forward. Me and Dan discussed this about where he should play. Once he started playing winger, he played a lot better. And obviously, the cross to Harry Clark coming off the bench, doing his signature Ronaldo celebration. <laughs> Was was the way it is, and obviously, once you've got power back, once you've got timing back, once you've got Sutor back, the question is whether they're all going to play together. We can do better than what we did tonight. Like I say, the simple things need to be done right, and you've just got to feel like at the moment that what's going on isn't what is going to happen for the rest of the season once they're back after the World Cup. Well, you mentioned Farsu, mate. I totally agree with you. I thought, especially Sterling as well. I'll throw into there about kind of hit the back they're not up to much I think that's fair, that's fair comment I think yeah. uh, I, w- I would definitely rather Harry Clark being at that right wing back right back type spot um, definitely think that's the benefit but maybe when we've got these players back maybe he will look at Fosu as a right winger um, and, and that will be his position maybe that is a nice short term fix 
uh, to, to that situation unless we've got some money in January to spend, which I doubt very much we will have. So, yeah, I think Fosu did well. Sterling is still not, I don't know, he, he wasn't great at the back and he certainly wasn't great going forward for me. So it's, it's early days for that guy. I mean, he's, he's only what? Is this his second game? It's his I second game, yeah. So, I mean, come on, we're, we're probably expecting a bit much to expect a great performance out of him. But yeah, it's great for me to see Clark back. You know, he, he looked solid before he got injured. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously come back and cracking header of all of all people to, to score a header. Um, I did not think it was Harry Clark. Absolutely not. So good on him for, you know, being in the right place, right time, good attitude. Um, and you could see, you know, when we got that goal, we were the only team that looked like we were going to get a second, funny enough, for that last five or six minutes. And you just saw the confidence ooze back into the team. It's like, again, it, it was almost like a, the, you know, a switch had been flipped the other way around, obviously, at the weekend against Watford. And in this, in this week, and that's what it was, we score a goal and it's like, okay, anything can happen here. So... I don't know. I still think they're struggling. Sorry, sorry, go on. Do you know what there is though? That's because they've 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 earned that they earned that draw, didn't they? Yeah. So they've they've worked hard, they've been disciplined, and they've they've all stuck to their game and then they've got the reward for it at the end, and that's why they're confident because they, yes, you know, we deserve this. We might on the on the basis of play, not saying that we deserve it because oh well we had loads of chances, didn't all that. Our effort levels, as 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 a team, like they will feel, you know, we stuck to what we had to do, and we were professional, and we, you know, we did everything that was asked of us, and that's why we deserve to get that, and that's what's going to give them confidence. And what did you think about Bursic and Jagielka? I thought they were, I mean, Jags was great to see back in. To be honest, he was, he's just a solid, experienced defender, isn't he? Mate, it's great to have him back. It's brilliant to have him back. I feel like he's more confident than Flint. He's obviously got the experience, and it's what we need at the moment. And I want to see that Bursic save again. He went <laughs> off like he's just won the World Cup. And, and it was I, off his face. Was it? I was going to yeah. say, the, the stream that I saw, which I'm assuming was on the, the Sky Sports Red button, but they, there wasn't any replays or anything. So yeah. it looked almost like it just hit him. But I, I, I guess the highlights will go up from Stoke yeah. at some came, point. And came right off his face, mate. It was hilarious to watch. And then obviously a few minutes later, he conceded. You think he's he's done the complex save, but the easy one. Come on. Well, was it easy, though? Because, I mean, as uh, as Morgan Fox got to take a bit of blame here, because that's, again left centre-back, and Dan made this comment, I think, on our group chat. It's, again, a goal conceded from that left-hand side. Fox has surely got to yeah, take I some did, blame yeah. for that. Yeah, I did make make that point, and like I say, just an easy ball through. It was nothing special, was it? Give and go. Their wing-backs you know, come inside our wing-back, outside of Fox, and he's just been left to run all the way through unchallenged, basically, and, and stuck it in the near post. And I can see what, I think, how Andy's the point he's making there is probably more related to the fact he was beating us his near post with Bursic. But I think it was a good, yeah, you know, a good connection on the shot. And I say, and again, we can fault him after the saves he made just previous. <laughs> um, and what do you think about the, the the midfield, Dan? It felt a little bit um, disjointed again for me. Smallbone at a poor match. I mean, Bakes didn't really do very much. We've we've just not we've not solved that midfield conundrum yet, have we? Yeah, I mean, again, 
I think, like I say, Smallbone didn't do much, but it was, it's not really a game for Smallbone either, was it? It was, it was more like how we were playing and how deep they were setting. It was probably more designed for like uh, uh, Josh Lauren to be playing. And I think, I think Baker, when we say he didn't do much, I think if you're looking at him as an attacking, attacking wise, no, he, he didn't. Um, but I don't think that was, I don't even think that was the game there was it for him tonight. His game was all about mopping up on the edge of the box, winning second balls from the defence when they were heading things out or, you know, just protecting the, the back four or back five. <laughs> Well, one thing I wanted to ask you about that. So you mentioned Joshua on there. And obviously, Nick Powell, again, we've got to bring him up because, well, for the obvious reasons. What, what What's happened here with, with Aron? Because I don't remember him getting injured against Watford. I might have imagined that, but I don't remember seeing him get injured. So is this another case, a bit like Tymon, where he's come back and too soon, you know, one match and they're both back out injured again? I don't know, because he played before the international break, then he came on mm. as a late sub. And then you'd think if he if he was, that was all right, and then he's had two weeks training. Maybe it's because we've got three games in a week, and the manager's just thinking. Maybe manager looked at it and thought, "Well, I'd prefer to have Smallbone in there tonight, and then on um, on Saturday against Sheffield United, I'm going to bring in uh, Josh Loren and and drop Smallbone out because I imagine Bacon will be the the constant in that midfield, won't he?" They did say that Lauren was injured, though. It was an actual injury was the reason he wasn't there tonight. Uh, maybe so. just maybe it's like a knock or something in training, a niggle mm. or something. I'd say maybe he's, maybe he's maybe listens to his sports science scientists more than previous managers have done, and yeah. uh, to avoid any more serious injury. I don't know. And one, obviously, one thing I wanted to ask you boys because obviously I wasn't on the last one. Um, and especially, I suppose Andy, I'll open this out because I know you're a big fan of his, mate. Is Nick Powell done at this club? For me, he's got to go. As, as as soon as these contracts up, he's gone. He, he's so unreliable, mate. And uh, you know, you can say he's, you know, he's unlucky. And sorry, luck doesn't come into this anymore. If the guy, the guy will not get another team in the championship when this contract expires. If if he doesn't retire. He's going to have to sort himself out because he's he's completely unreliable for any club at any level. It, it pains me to say it, but I think you're true on that. Obviously, he's a brilliant player when he's fit, but when is he fit? Yeah. When How many players that? do we say that about, mate? Oh, he could have been good. You know, he, oh, what, oh, what a shame. You know, Kenwin Jones, for example. Kenwin could have been great if he just would have had a bit more application. There's always a lot of ifs and buts, which is probably why the player yeah. was stoked in the first place, let's be honest. That, that's what we're saying. So if, <laughs> if, if, if Nick Powell wasn't this injury-prone, he wouldn't be playing for us. Just to, just to slightly go off on a tangent there, do you know Kenwin Jones' 38th birthday today? Hey. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. I was like, 38? Is that it? He's playing for us for a few seasons ago, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought I thought he was older than that, but no, maybe yeah. not. I mean, Dan, you've always been a bit of a defending about about Powell and saying, well, if he, if he gets ten games, then you know, well, it's it's worth having him for them ten games. But surely, mate, there's got to be a cut off here. How many more injuries can this guy get and never be available for games before we just wash our hands? And you know what? I'll, I'll also caveat that with. We had the discussion about whether we should have had a new two or three year deal or extension for another year. I 
absolutely nailed the head to the mast on it and said he should not be given a longer contract for this very reason. So I'm going to say, ha ha, told you so. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not joking, <laughs> I'm not not really, but um, but again, the club, as much as they get slated for stuff, they got it spot on on this one. Yeah, I think I think he's right. Like I say, you don't give him the long, long, long contract, do you? But I'd, I still think, that, like, like I said before, and you just said then, if they can get 10, 15 games out of him, it's worth having him around. But don't build your side around him at the same time. If With FFP, afford, though, do, do you not get rid and save the money? The thing. If you can afford to have him as a extra player in your squad, like, do you know what I mean? Well, this is our squad and Nick Powell. Do you know what I mean? Like, so mm. if he's if he's not fit, then we've, we've got these players and this is what we're going with. But obviously, if, we, if he is available, we can bring him in and fantastic. We'll find a place because he's Nick Powell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, fair enough. It, it's one of them, mate. It's so it, it, it depends on what you love the guy, I think. I mean, for me, I, I think we've all really like him, as you said, when he's playing, but the time's come for me, unfortunately. But um, any more call-outs before we hear from the Burnley camp um, on today's result? I wouldn't say so, no. Uh, just I did, what I would say is, obviously, you mentioned him earlier, I didn't, I didn't uh, say anything about Foster, but yeah, he did look at a completely different player, didn't he, when he went, when he went up into the wing position. Almost as if that's where he usually plays. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. There is there is one thing I will say. I'm worried about Liam Delap. Oh really? In what way? He just seems like he's got anger management issues, I'll be honest. <laughs> he's a yeah. red card waiting to happen. He is, yeah, I don't know if it's ego or whether it's just he's just got a bad temperament. Uh, I could put I, I, a bold statement out there, but I don't want to anger anyone. <laughs> I think he's just looking to impress, and he's trying to—he's trying to influence the game at the minute. He ain't getting the service to influence it in terms of goals, so he's thinking, "Well, I need to put myself about." And that's yeah. probably what he's been told. Him, so, you know, this is a physical league. You've got to be—you've got to let defenders know they can't bully you. The way I see it is, do the simple things right, especially with the club he's come from. And there was one or two times tonight where he had a better option but didn't take it. Yeah, well, mate, it'll it'll come. I mean, me me and Dan again, we'll 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 kind of round this up a little bit now. But I mean, Gale and you know Delap, yes, the strikers they do have to start scoring somehow. But I still caveat that with they still put a lot of effort in, an awful lot of effort. Uh, I don't think we've got a better combination out there right now. Jacob Brown may potentially change that when he comes back. Time will tell. Um, but for me, the midfield and the amount of service that these guys are getting, you know, they really aren't getting more than one or two chances a match, which is, isn't a lot. I mean, how many strikers other than Bloody Harland are scoring one in every two shots? It, it doesn't generally happen. So we need to create a lot more for both of them. Um, so for me, they don't get dropped. I think we we haven't got probably a better combination. Uh, Tyrese Campbell looked a lot better tonight. Um, you know, he put a lot of effort in. Great run towards the end of that match to, you know, just, just great effort, which is something that Tyrese has been slated for. So um, there was a lot of positives from tonight. And I think that's probably a good place to, to leave that little bit, to be honest. But um, Dan um, has got hold of Joe, who's a Burnley fan, so uh, he sent us his thoughts in, and uh, we'll have a quick chat afterwards to see what he had to say. Hey, the 
Burnley fan just giving my thoughts on tonight's horrendous results. Um, yeah, just deflated more than anything, to be honest. I feel that um, we were the better side. We don't deserve to draw the game. We should have won the game. We should have put the game to bed. We had not any clear, not a lot of clear-cut chances, but quite a few chances from corners where the corners were causing a lot of problems and we had a lot of the ball. We just weren't cutting you open enough. But it's it's the same, like, from your point of view, you'll, you'll look at it and say, we've done a job tonight. We, you know, we've sat back, we've, we've frustrated Burnley, then, you know, we've, we've got a sucker punch. And fair play, of course, you'd say that. But it's the same thing every single game from a Burnley perspective. Just look at Saturday, exactly the same scenario. We go one nil up against Cardiff, we sit back, we invite pressure, we concede late on. Tonight against you, like we went one nil up, we sat back, we invite pressure, we concede late on. Um, same against West Brom. I can say the same thing again, uh, uh, for the Preston away game, although that wasn't late on, but we scored, got pegged back, finished 1-1. We are the 1-1 specialists. It seems to be 1-1 every single game, and you can put a tenner on now on Saturday. It's going to be Coventry City 1, Burnley 1. It's it's just so frustrating. Um, only one team for 80 minutes, you know, we're trying to play football, but again, it's all part of your plan. So I'm not criticising there. I'm just giving my thoughts on the game. We did it for so long. Um in the Premier League, um, just just frustrate teams and I hit them. It's just it's just so frustrating. It's just very very frustrating from our point of view. But um, I suppose you boys will be happy with the point. Joe, thank you very much indeed, mate. Yeah. So um, you say they deserve the win. I don't know. You, you guys had a lot of possession, a lot of possession. Um, we've been there before and said possession means nothing unless you get results. And I think that was for me a kind of clear overview of this match. I thought, you know, again, you look solid, but bar, what, the goal? There was really many clear-cut chances. Obviously, they had the, the one opportunity that Bursic saved with his head, his backside and his arm. <laughs> um, but, but bar that, I'm going to be honest, yeah, a lot of possession, but a lot of a lot of nothing, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I don't think I quite agree with you, mate, but obviously very, very welcome to obviously your, your opinion. I think we've all been there annoyed after the match. Um, I think you probably thought that Stoke should have should have been a team to, to win. But again, it's one of them scenarios. I think sometimes you take things for granted and you get let down. We've been there a thousand times before. So, um, But anyway, let's kind of move on uh, to a couple of things. So uh, fans' questions. So we, we basically, I asked people if there was anything that surprised them since... Obviously, Alex Neal came in, and a common theme was um, something that I asked Dan to, to kind of have a bit of a think about was obviously Connor Taylor and DiMaggio um, as well. So kind of, you know, kind of where, where we are with those two players, because a lot of people thought that, you know, Taylor and uh, and Wright Phillips, you know, they, they, they really haven't been given a fair crack of the whip. I mean, Dan, would you kind of say that that's a... A fair comment, or do you think there's actually justifiable reasons why those guys aren't really in the the frame at the minute? Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to outline some statistics. You know, like statistics. Oh yeah. So I'm going to start with Connor Taylor. Yeah. So for us, he has two minor matches this season: Millwall and Morecambe. So both right at the start of the season, and he still leads our Player of the Year standings with 175 points. Yeah. He was our player of the month for August, 160 points. Baker was second with 95, so nearly double what second place got. He was the only player to play every minute of the first seven games. So he played 630 minutes in the first seven games, 
but he's only played 191 minutes in the six games since, which obviously were all the six that Alex Neal took over. So under Michael O'Neill, um, and obviously the, the game obviously between managers, he played every minute, but he's only played 191 in six games since. That puts him 12th in the squad under Alex Neal. And overall, he's still third place. Only Baker and Wilmot have played more minutes than in this season. So that shows a very, like, obviously, he was first name on the team sheets kind of levels, wasn't he, with, you know, O'Neill and that at the start of the season. And he looks like he's very much got to prove himself to Alex Neal as it stands. Yeah, I thought he he was very harshly dropped personally at the time, um, but if, again, I think we've got a bit of bit of riches in in, in the defence at the minute. So I still think he's a player that you know will will find his feet. Um, he's going to be kind of switched around. I think you know Alex Neil looks like he's a manager that's going to give um, he, take each game uh, you know individually, and, and obviously kind of play and switch players around as he sees fit. So. I mean, Andy, obviously on the whole right Phillips kind of situation as well, mate. I mean, is he someone that you feel has a place? I mean, for me, I think I'm struggling to see what position he kind of plays myself. But um, what's your thoughts on right Phillips? It's tough at the moment because when I put my, you know, the team I wanted out against Burnley, I put him in that free role that Dwight Gale was playing tonight. And I thought Dwight Gale played that position very, very well. Um, we don't play wingers, so he doesn't fit into the winger system. Does he take out Tyrese or Liam Delap out of the team? Probably not. He's an impact sub at the moment, and if he has more impacts off the bench, maybe he can, you know, properly fight for that spot. But for the moment, he's he's a bench player who has probably got the best option of going out on loan somewhere. I was going to say he's not even coming on at the minute, is he? No, he had um, a minute and a half tonight. Yeah, which is obviously do just... Some, do you want some DiMaggio stats? Oh, oh here we go on, go on, Dan. It's not even so, a stat off yet. DiMaggio has 59 minutes and one goal this season. 59 minutes is less than any player in the squad who has gotten on the pitch. Only 35 minutes have been in the league, five sub-appearances. Now, this is pretty telling. The most he's played in one game is 15 minutes against Sunderland. So really he's had no time to show what he can do, has he? And obviously that game was after he came on against Middlesbrough and scored. Obviously he played the 15 minutes against Sunderland in the next match. Now, our strikers this season, Jacob Brown, 786 minutes, two goals. So that's a goal every 393. Tyrese Campbell, 492 minutes, one goal. So a goal every 492. Uh, Liam Delap, 664 minutes, no goals. Dwight Gale, 777 minutes, no goals. So, Jamargio, 59 minutes, one goal. You would imagine, sort of, you know, I know it's only one goal when you know, he just have, maybe happened to be in the right place, right time. It's not like a big sample to, to, you know, to, to base it on, but surely he maybe deserves a bit more when. He's actually shown how to put the ball in the back of the net once. Uh, incidentally, like Harry Clark leads the way, 
he's 223 minutes, two goals, a goal every 112 minutes. It's <laughs> nearly a goal a game for Harry Clark. Um, and then uh, Get him Louis, up front. Baker, Louis Baker obviously averages a goal every 200 and uh, well, he's got 1,146 minutes and four goals. So it's like a goal, goal every 287 minutes. Okay, so we're basically saying then that Taylor probably deserves another opportunity or will at least get plenty of opportunity. DiMaggio, jury's out a little bit. Again, I'm not going to read anything into that stat. Just like you said, I think it's it's not enough big, it's not a big enough sample size. So DiMaggio, yeah, probably needs to go out on, on loan for me. Um, so we'll see how that one pans out. Um, and as well as that, um, there was, I mean, I don't know if you boys have, have seen it. There was a... Uh, a number of comments that people had kind of sent to us as well. Um, so one from uh, Lee Mayer. So to be fair, my expectations dropped once I saw the team sheet. And this is against Watford, I believe. Um, and how like we were on the bench. We have to accept that this is part of the process and be patient. I believe you learn more from a defeat when things are not going well. So hopefully he's a quick learner. I think he, you can probably say he learned from, from that result uh, tonight. Uh, SCFC Mick, the fact he's kept three at the back. I appreciate the need to protect what managers have deemed a weak defence. However, we're now utterly toothless as a result. How many teams starting strikers have zero goals? If you can't score or keep clean sheets, then you go down. Uh, Rory says, dropping Connor Taylor. Why? Drop Morgan Fox. It's absolute dog breath. Get him gone. Uh, I think that, that's quite apt for the conversation we've just had. Um, Kurt says, I'd love us to play a back four, but he basically said in his press conference that we have a, a lack of wide players, so I don't see him playing with a back four, to be honest. Um, they're not so neutral Stoke. He said the manager will learn so much more about his players from a defeat than he will from a, a win. So let's hope he turns things around. Um, and there was a, a, a massive scattering of, of, of others, to be honest. Unfortunately, I can't read them all out because this would just turn into a podcast of nothing but comments. So um, thanks for everyone who's obviously commented as well. Um, moving on, Dan. I mean, one thing me and you were exchanging messages on last night, mate, was the uh, a lot of our loanees. Obviously, a lot of them are out on loan at the minute at various different clubs. I mean, it seemed to be a nightmare of just constant goals, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was a cracking night for them, especially those in the National League who were firing goals in left, right and centre. The defenders scoring, midfielders, strikers, a lot. <laughs> um, I think David David Akagbu got, got us underway, didn't he? He scored Irish centre-half. He scored for Oldham early on. Um and then I was altering him. Um, we had Dan Malone score, obviously Welsh uh, youth international midfielder. He got he got a goal for them, his first goal for them. And uh, Will Goodwin, I mean, he, I think he got off the mark for Torquay into the other week, uh, a couple of weeks back, and he netted again, netted the opening goal uh, for Torquay yesterday. I think they eventually lost, unfortunately, um, possibly even sit bottom of the, the league now, which isn't great. Uh, but yes, he's at least he's you know finding his goal scoring boots there. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of loanies out there, and it's nice to see them actually getting game time. And although maybe some of their teams aren't doing well individually, they are getting a few plaudits and they're getting regular football. And they're one man who's actually getting more football now after what is what what was a slow start to his loan spell. He went in there, he played a few minutes of cup games and that, and then wasn't even on the bench for a long time. And then the last few weeks, he started getting on the bench. Then he started getting a few minutes, and he's gradually getting more and more minutes each game. 
and to the point where this week he actually started his first league game, um, and that is Douglas James Taylor of Walsall. And uh, we've got some audio, haven't we, Mike? From uh, yep. a Walsall fan, Seb, who's given us a, a, a rundown on uh, basically his thoughts on Douglas James Taylor so far and how he's getting on. Hello, everyone, on the podcast. I've been asked to come on and give my thoughts on Stoke Loney and Douglas James Taylor. I can't really comment too much. He hasn't really had a um, consistent run of games in the team. I think he's only played four games in League Two for Warsaw, and most of them have been off the bench. He got a start yesterday against Northampton Town. Obviously, didn't score, didn't have many chances in front of goal, but I thought his work rate was excellent. Um, he gives us all 100%, like most of the team last night. Um, and he made some good tackles too, and was impressed with that. And against Stockport, he did change the game a little bit. He gave their defence a bit more of a threat to deal with. And hopefully he comes good because um, two or three weeks prior to his start against Northampton, he weren't getting picked, picked in the match day squad. But Michael Flynn, our manager, said um, he's more hungrier now. And he's had a um, chance in the first team. But yeah, hopefully he gets his first goal too for the Saddlers. I think that would be massive for his confidence too. So yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, cheers for that, Seb. Um, well, like sort of said before, yeah, he's getting more and more game time, and it's it's good to see that you know he's he's hungrier. The manager has sensed that he's hungrier, and maybe he went in there thinking he'd drop down a couple of divisions, and you know he'd, he'd be able to walk in the team. Maybe I don't know, and you know, and, and he wouldn't have to sort of fight for his place as such. And then when he's found out that he has, and then you now he's getting the taste of the action and he's getting more and more involved. So, yeah, it's all bodes well for the future. Let's hope he can get a couple of goals and then maybe he can really start flying there as well. It's good to see these players getting out on loan and doing well, though, and it, mate? Because the amount of times that, you know, we've sent a couple of players out and they either don't play or they play once. I try to remember the, the chap who went to Hartlepool now and I think on the play one game. Eddie Jones, yeah, like, yeah. and then got sent back. And we had, obviously, was it Blondie who went out on loan and never played? And Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few of them. I mean, obviously, you, you, can't, you can't predict that stuff. They're going to go out there. They've got to make an impression. Just because they come from a championship team doesn't mean they've got a right to play. So, well, to, I mean, it's stuff like I don't know where the thought process was with that because when Eddie Jones, when he went to Hartlepool, their captain, best player, was the left back. So it's like, surely you could have found him a club where he had an easier pathway, to, or is that the whole point? Did they want him to have to sort of, were they prepared for him to not play? Think where he had to fight his position to get the position. Maybe he's never going to dislodge somebody like that, is he? Who's been there no. ten years as a skipper. No. He was obviously brought in as a backup, but he's I, talking of Eddie Jones. He is with Dan Malone talking to him as well and uh, getting very very good reviews, I believe. Oh, good then. So yeah, it's worked out well in the end, but. Um, yeah, I must admit, if, if you want two teams for your both teams to score, Coopin, uh, Altrincham are great and Torquay are great. They always come in for you, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> and it, I mean, Dan and Andy, they both know me for my both teams to score, Coopins, and there are certain teams that are bankers, so there you go. There's a quick, uh, easy tip for the weekend. Peter um, Bill, I was for. 
Peterborough. Uh, they used to be great, mate. Uh, they're not as reliable as they normally are. But, wow. uh, yeah, um, and there's always teams every season. But trust me, they're, they're the ones to go for. Um, now, one, obviously, people, well, one person rather, we like to try and catch up on. And I'm going to be honest with you. We've absolutely spoiled people this week with with audio. I think we've got like five pieces of audio this week. So we've really gone all out. You can tell I'm back on the podcast, you know, it, the, the quality's just, just increased again. <laughs> um, don't need but to I, bully us like that, Mike. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, how many, of these, how many of these audio pieces did you acquire, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's my influence. That's what it is. Uh, no, anyway. Uh, anyway yeah, I, so... thought the, I thought the, the more pieces <laughs> I get, the less I have to listen to you. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds good, though, to save my voice, to be honest. Um, but anyway, uh, the person I'm referring to is Lou Roberts. Now, I'm going to be honest, Lou, I was absolutely gutted that wasn't on last one. Uh, that quiz that you did was brilliant. And, Dan, I'm going to say that's probably one of the best quizzes you've you've ever done, mate. Um, yeah, it was great to get the audio. Uh, and it, it, it was just a really, I really enjoyed it. So if anyone hasn't listened to it or, you know, you've only listened to half of it, just make sure you listen to the rest because it, it's brilliant but um so lou roberts obviously is uh, the stoke city's uh, first team coach so she's basically give us a bit of audio in terms of obviously the women's team this week so let's have a quick listen to see what she's had to say hi guys the last time we spoke we were preparing for the trip up to Fylde, and we knew they'd have quality within their squad and it'd be a real challenge that's exactly what it was so after some opening exchanges that were really positive we took the lead but unfortunately found ourselves 2-1 down at half-time, two quick-fired goals. Probably shell-shocked us a little bit, so half-time gave us the, the chance just to recoup and, and bring the group back together. Um, second half was a little bit different. Um, we had a lot of possession dominated and we were happy with, with how we kept the ball and, and we kept asking questions of them, which was nice and pleasing. Um, and The equaliser came in the 93rd minute, um, so a 2 all draw away at Fylde which I think come the end of the season, we'll probably think it was a valuable point on the road. Um, the reserve team had a really good victory away at Doncaster Bells, coming out 4-1 winners. This week, as we look towards Sunday, both back in league action again, we make the short trip to the West Midlands and we face West Brom in a bit of a Midlands derby, which we're all, always looking forward to. Um, prepare really well this week, and that'll be a game that we'll be looking to take three points from. So hard work on the grass um, and hopefully come Sunday, another three points and we start to climb the table. Lou, thank you very much indeed, mate. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I mean, it's it's lovely. I believe that, you know, you you, you and the girls um, listen to the to the podcast on the way to the game. So hopefully, you know, you've you got uh, the baggies this weekend. So hopefully, you know, you can be uh, boing boinging your way to uh, three points, uh, hopefully on Sunday and um, obviously, if you listen to this on the coach, then uh, good luck to you anyway. Fingers crossed. OK, um, I mean, unless there's anything else that any of you boys want to bring up, I think we can probably look ahead to Sheffield unless there's any any further comments. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, Tell them, honestly. 
If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, well, me returning means that I can kind of turn our attentions to what used to be, actually not used to be, is currently known as the stat off. <laughs> so um, now technically I'm not quite sure who went who went last pod actually, I'm trying to remember, but um, Andy, I'm going to come to you for your stats first, mate, because right. um, Dan's cruel and I, he was very cruel to me then. So I think you can go first and you can show him up. Well, Dan normally has more than me, so I can get mine out and maybe half of Dan's will go. But um, following a 1-0 win in April over Sheffield United, if anyone does remember that game, Stoke are looking for consecutive league wins over the Blades for the first time since a run of five wins between 1975 and 1978. Sheffield United have won one of their last eight away league matches against Stoke, which is five draws and two losses. And the last time they did win was a 1-0 victory back in November 2007. Obviously, we suffered our heaviest league in the fo- heaviest defeat in the football league since September 2017, uh, where we did obviously lose four 0 to Watford at home. Um, the last time we lost consecutive home league games in March, while well, Alex Neal did the same with Preston in February 2021. Um, Sheffield United have won their last three away league matches. They haven't won four in a row since March 2013 under Danny Wilson. And Stoke manager Alex Neal has lost his last three championship matches against Sheffield United, including one this season as Sunderland manager. Indeed, it will also be his 300th Football League game as a manager. Very nice, mate. Dan, can you beat that? He's on 99 wins, isn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, so, courtesy of Pete Smith, a couple of these first ones. Let's can throw that out there. So... <laughs> When we've scored first, um, we have the last 30 times we've scored first in a game, we have 62 points. So we average over two points a game when we open the scoring. When we concede the first goal, the last 25 games, we have one win and a total, total of 10 points from 25 games. So that surprises they... me a bit, Dan, considering the amount of games that we've lost from being ahead. Yeah, you'd thought that, wouldn't you? But it's uh, appeal. Apparently, no. Apparently, the uh, that that's an old stat now. It's an old problem. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't throw away leads anymore. We 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 if we score first, we we're on to them. Um, since beating West Brom at home last year, we have took a measly twenty four points from twenty two home games, including ten defeats. And that Watford home game was the heaviest home defeat since uh, the heaviest home defeat that wasn't in the Premier League since we lost 4 0 at home to Reading in 1999. Can you tell me who the manager was at that time, Mike? Before my time, so I can't. No, it was Brian Little. Oh, Little, Brian Little, yeah, of course it would have been. Yeah. yeah, he didn't do very well, did he? <laughs> he did not. Um, Sheffield United, I, I had to change a lot of these stats after I, I got them all. I, they, were, they were unbeaten, they always scored the first goal. It's hard, and then what did they went to do last night? They lost 1 0, didn't they? <laughs> so <laughs> Sheffield United have scored the first goal in five of the last six games. Obviously, they didn't do it last night. So that doesn't bode well for our stats there, does it? About <laughs> not doing well when we can see first. 
Um, five of Sheffield United's last six games have had two or less goals in. Um, last that defeat last night was their first defeat in ten games. They've scored in both halves in nine games this season and conceded in both halves just once. Um, however, on the positive view, Stoke have scored in their last seven games against Sheffield United. And uh, similar to what Andy said, they've only got one defeat at home this century against Sheffield. Um, they do. They seem to attack well and defend well. They've got uh, the 94 corners they've won against. They've only conceded 64, which I know you, you like your corners with Stoke, don't you? How many we have? We act, we've won 82 corners, but we've conceded 90. So they could be on for getting quite a few of them. Uh, shots on target. They, yeah, they've got 77 shots on target this year. They've only conceded 38. That's like a two-to-one ratio, whereas we like 52 we've had and we've conceded 60. Although we have had a whole 100, 177 shots to their 213 altogether. So we do have quite a few shots, but we do seem to like just scattergun them everywhere but on the actual goal <laughs> a lot of the time. Um Sandy Burge and Dai and Ollie McBurney with five goals, all outscores Stoke's top scorer, which is Lewis Baker with four. And um, Stoke's eight, they are eight points and 14 positions worse off than they were at this stage last season when we were flying high in 13th position. Uh, and one last stat. <laughs> in the last five years, we have lost the 13th game of the season in every single year. Oh, great. <laughs> a lot of them were very depressing, Dan. I'm just, just getting everyone ready for it. I think, <laughs> I think I, 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 I did write a lot of these out after the Watford game, so maybe that was my state of mind at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it, mate. And can you, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who can name players that have played for Sheffield and Stoke? Well... Mark Duffy. Or is that going to be a quiz, Dan? I've got a feeling I've asked that question now. It's going to be a quiz question. I've answered one. I've got one. I, already. I've got ten of them here, and that's your quiz. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've right. just not named so one there, name, Dan. Not so, not so much name them as names like there's a certain thing I'm going to ask you about okay. their times at Stoke and Sheffield United. Uh, but I do have ten players. Would you would you like to add some of them? Mark I mean, Duffy. I haven't got Mark Duffy on here, actually. Oh, wow. Know. Look at that. I've done better than you, um, Stan, Dan. <laughs> Carla Sarba. Carla Sarba's on. Yeah, so the 10 players I picked to... Do we, do we class Adam Davies? But he hasn't kicked a ball for him. I Adam Davies is the, the, the last one there because he is slightly different. Um, I, I will yeah. say one thing about Adam Davies really quick. He didn't want to play second fiddle to Joe Bursic, but he's playing second fiddle to Fodderingham. Yeah. Well, but anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll come back to this actually. Let's save a little bit of this for the <laughs> for, for, for the quiz. But um, okay, interesting. There there should be a few names on there. A couple are coming to mind straight away. So, um, that's sound. So good good start off, guys. I mean, Christ, you can't argue with all that. Um, I don't quite like the thirteenth game. We've not won a single one. That's not great, but uh, never mind. Now, oh, um, if you we'll want it, so the eleventh game, so the Watford one. We hadn't lost the eleventh game of the season for ten years. So oh, he's trying all, to put a twist about, on it now. We're all about breaking runs right now. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Anyway, um, so <laughs> in terms of, uh, again, another audio. Uh, so we've got Johnny. So Johnny from the Sheffield United YouTube channel has been in touch as well to give his thoughts, obviously, uh, for our game this weekend. So let's see what he's going to go for. Is he going to be kind and, uh, you know, talk about the, the great Bet365 atmosphere? God, if then he won't be. Hiya, this is Johnny Gascoigne from Sheffield United fan YouTube channel, The Showdown View, previewing our game for the weekend. Obviously, we start the season really well, considering we've not had a full-strength squad for the majority of the season. We've had, we've had some brilliant players. I say a lot of key players fit, which has helped. We've had that one loss when we didn't have any key players against Watford on the first game of the season. Since then, we've bounced back really well. We do have this reoccurring problem of players getting injured. Obviously, one of our key men at the minute, Anel, however you pronounce his name, Anamatozic. You'd think I'd have learnt it by now. But anyway, he's out for a while, and it did show, unfortunately, in the Birmingham game where we drew one all. We've got QPR tonight. Hopefully, we can bounce back with a win for that one. But I do believe at the weekend, you've got your new manager going into this game. He'll be looking to get things up and running and get a good run together. He started as well as he can, being appointed just before the international break does halt things a little bit. But I'm confident if we can have a decent-ish squad together for that game, we may have a bit too much for Stoke. That being said, that doesn't mean we're all conquering and all-powerful. We do have weaknesses there to exploit. And if Stoke can find those weaknesses, they can be very dangerous for us. You do have players there that can do a job. Do, am I confident for the game? Away from home at Stoke, it's always an unsettling place to go. Barring that, even, even the season we went up to the Premier League, would you two all at your place? I think you had the league twice, didn't you? It's one of those games where it's never, never easy for a team like ourselves to go. And if I was to give a score prediction, I'd probably say on the day, it's going to be one all. Johnny, thank you very much indeed, mate. Always good to hear from you. So, uh, yeah, it's strange. You know, you mentioned about now having a full-strength team and injured players constantly. Strange that. It sounds quite like, uh, you know, another team that I've heard of. Not sure if you can guess who it is. Uh, but, yeah, so he's gone for a 1-1 draw. Um, to be honest, with our home form at the minute, that's probably not a bad result. I think, you know, if, if we can get three points out of it, then that would be not a bad return when you consider the, you know, the three games that we've had on paper. So, um, yeah, Johnny, thank you uh, very much indeed for that, mate. Uh, now, speaking of uh, predictions, a certain Mr. Graham McGarry, reliable Graham, uh, has again been in touch with his thoughts about the weekend. Let's see what he's gone for as well. Hello there, you possible predictors. It must be feeling a lot better now after the good hard-earned point on Wednesday night up at Turf Moor when Stoke got that late equaliser through Harry Clark, the Arsenal defender, making it a happy return for the Potters on the way back down the M6 that particular Wednesday night. Now they'll be looking to build on that come Saturday afternoon when the league leaders are in town in Sheffield United. They've had a little bit of a dip in the last game, of course, but they have started the season really well and are many tipsters' favourites to go up. But can Stoke City get it going in front of the Bet365 crowd? They were subdued last weekend when they were thrashed by Watford with an awful display. But let's hope the tide has turned and Alex Neal is finally beginning to sow a few seeds. Still a long, long way to go. Stoke still hovering too low in the table for the home crowds at liking. But can they pull off a shock result? You never know. It could be 1-1. Graham's clearly been copying off Johnny. Yeah, 1-1 uh, prediction. 
Um, and unfortunately, that that's actually going to be my prediction. So uh, <laughs> you've you've got Johnny Graham and Mike all going for one-one uh, predictions. Um, Andy, what's your thoughts about the score prediction and team? Mate? Are you making any dramatic changes from the Burnley game? I don't think we can. I don't think we can make any dramatic changes because you know getting a draw against Burnley away from home. It, it, it's a tough ask, in my opinion. I said that we were going to lose 3-1, so I don't feel like you can make any drastic changes unless there is an injury which crops up. Like, for example, is the issue with like Ben Wilmot that he's got like a game ban with yellow cards or something now? Because I've been hearing rumours about that. But um, I'm trying to remember. I know Baker's on his one final yeah. one, isn't he? So if, if Wilmot is, you know, having that... Baker ban, and Taylor, sorry. Baker and Taylor. One. They okay. were the two who were one booking away. Yeah, so I don't think you can make any major changes unless there's injuries. But um, I'm going to make it number four for the prediction. <laughs> it's one all. One all, bloody hell. Um, Full house, I mean, Dan? Yeah, Dan, are you going one one just to you know complete? Um, I was, but I don't think <laughs> I should now. <laughs> Go on. I'm going to say nil-nil. <laughs> Poor draw. Oh, lovely. Okay, great. Um, um, Team-wise, though, I mean, are, are you going to bring anyone in? Would you bring, I mean, for example, I'm going to bring Harry Clark back in uh, to, to replace Sterling. I mean, w- would you go down that route? Or? Yeah, I think you, not that anyone deserves to be dropped after tonight, and I think that the manager's probably laid into them after Watford and told them going, you know, salvage a bit of pride out there but I think he may have to make changes because they've let's be honest they've had a tough game out there tonight haven't they they've against Burnley they've they put a lot of effort in they got really you know they got stuck in they put the although it was never they never felt unless apart from those 10 seconds where Joe Bursic took one in the face and whatever apart from that time it never really felt like they were constantly under pressure but they were on the back foot a lot. They were chasing the game, weren't they? And obviously, chasing the ball takes it out of your legs a lot more. And mm. I imagine they'll be doing a lot more of that on Saturday as well. Um, which, if we get the same game plan, might work perfectly well, to be honest, to sit back and hit Sheffield United on the break. Um, but again, it's like, like say, can Campbell do... Because he's not. he hasn't played, he hasn't started in such a long time. Can he do... 90 minutes Wednesday and 90 minutes again on Saturday. Can, you know, um, you, you, you know, there's a lot of players in there. Sterling, Sterling's just come back from, you know, months and months without playing. He came in at the week, you know, he played the weekend, didn't he? And he played, so he's got to play Sunday, near enough a full game, play a full game Wednesday. Is he, is he okay to then play another a game on Saturday again? Or... Are we going to? Be, are we then risking? Is this why we're going to be picking up injuries again? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's unnecessary when you've got Clark who can just come back in. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, we're picking a team, but we don't know, do we? If if all of a sudden, Powell, Loren, I mean Josh Loren, he's, he's, Alex Neal said he's injured. Can you believe that? I'm I'm not saying <laughs> he's not a bit cloak and dagger, Neal, isn't he? I'm not. Yeah, not that I'm saying Alex Neal's a liar, but if he has, like I said earlier on, has he possibly? Decided that he would play small bones tonight and play Laura at the weekend by saying, Oh, yeah, Josh Lorenz injured, or 
Sheffield United are going to be thinking, well, yeah, he'll be playing small bone. And then all of a sudden, it's a completely di- different midfield with Josh Loren in there, isn't it, with Baker? It's yeah. um, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah, he's no, all I, about I their marginal gains. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's a, another red herring that he's just chucked out there. Yeah, Thompson's back, Timon's back, Clark's back, Suter yeah. comes in. Uh, yeah, the, the whole the whole lot. That, I love seeing yeah, that. Yeah, you know I mean, like if if we are we're picking a team here, but we just have no clue, do we? Like we're saying, if if there's nobody else, if everyone is available tonight, are the ones who are available the weekend. And I think Tom is Thompson allowed back. I mean, what's the it's protocol? Two weeks is two week protocol. Yeah, I'm sure it's for yeah fourteen days. Yeah, that's what that's the thing. That so when did when did he actually get? It was only like a week ago, wasn't it, that he got his. So he'll miss yeah. Sheffield United, then and he'll, he won't be back until the following week. Okay, well, yeah, we can't really change very much then. Um, no, so. but obviously, again, if Suter, Timon, Powell, Brown, <laughs> if they if any of them are fit, I assume they walk straight back in the side on Saturday. Any other thoughts about Sheffield before we move on to the Super Six and Gaffer updates, Dan? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, they were my sort of promotion favourites. Um, I mean, not right at the start of the season, but having watched the first few games, I thought, yeah, they're just going to keep going. They've got some brilliant players, haven't they? I'm surprised that people like, you know, Birch, Sander Birch, he's finished division. He's a fantastic midfielder. Mm. Uh, quite surprised that uh, nobody picked him up in, in uh, August, to be honest, and got rid of him before the deadline. Um. Obviously, we've got a lack. Of, we've got a lack of pace at the back, haven't we? So we just need to do a bit like we did yesterday. You know, a bit like we did against Burnley. You know, just sit back, don't give them any space behind, and just be disciplined. Everybody know the job, stick to it, take pride in the work. That's that's the main thing they've got to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I, I'm with you. I still think they'll be up there uh, come the end of the season. Uh, they'll get to January. They might make another couple of signings as well. Um, I fully expect them to be up there. Uh, to be fair, I expected West Brom to be further up. And uh, let, well, Christ, we've been discussing them. I mean, Steve Bruce will be gone by the time this goes out. Um, so yeah, th- this this division, it's hard to predict. I still think. Do you think? I mean, again, I'm not going to ask for your season win predictions, but from what you've seen in the first kind of, you know, was it? 10, 11, games. how many games have even played now? It's all merging into one. Well, um, 12, yeah, 12 games. I got there, 10 or 11, I was close. <laughs> so uh, from from the 12 games, I mean, is your, the predictions that you, we all gave, is there any of them that you're completely ruling out at this point? I mean, Stoke finishing sixth is what I'm going to rule out straight away. <laughs> but... <laughs> Mate, you don't know anymore this season. Like, you, you look at some teams, Swansea start, like Swansea and Sixth, I didn't have them up there. I was trying to remember who we had in the Rotherham are in 13th as well, just to put out there. Dan, Dan I'm sure, has got it to his so, yeah, go on. champions. Me and Mike had Burnley, and he went for Norwich. That seems likely. So, Sheffield United, I had them third, Mike had them fifth, Andy had them second. West Brom, I had them second, Mike had them third, Andy had them fifth. I think that's, I think we can safely say that's not going to happen. <laughs> um just trying to have a look here now. Uh, Andy, you had Watford in ninth. Not sure that's they're in tenth to be fair. And you had Middlesbrough in third. 
that's not going to happen, is it? That's not going to happen. No. Okay. Uh, Millwall, Andy had Millwall in seventh. Me and you really? Had them. Mark, you had them 12th, I had them 14th. That's probably more realistic. Um, who's just on the bottom end? Rotherham. So I had Rotherham staying up, and you two had them finishing bottom. <laughs> yeah, they've been a bit of a surprise package, haven't they, this season? Yeah. I didn't think they'd finish as high as they are at the minute, but <laughs> oh, Reading, Reading was well. I had them twenty third. You had them nineteenth. I had them just uh, survived. I had them twentieth. Yeah, yeah. Third. So nice. yes, I think pretty much that's they're the ones the big the big no nos so far. <laughs> okay, well I don't think that's too bad for overall. I mean, we're never going to get one all of them right, but I think there's only one or two you can go. Well, we were way off. So well, funny Rotherham, enough, one happens to be me, like Rotherham with everyone, mate. Yeah, well, even Rotherham wouldn't have had this, I don't think, right now. So, um, uh, One last thing I will say, and it's a nice point to leave on. If Tyrese Campbell is fit and raring to go to take to the field at the weekend, uh, he will be up against Reese Norrington Davis if he plays on the right like he did tonight. Ooh. And I quite fancy him in that battle. Reese Norrington Davis is a left centre-back and Tyrese Campbell running at him. But he's playing left centre-back? Yeah. Didn't we sign him as a left wing-back? We did, yeah. but oh uh, Jaden Bogle's playing there. He normally Ain't plays well. at right wing back. Mate, mate, the okay, teams so this year that we see George, are so confusing. George Bulldog's playing there. <laughs> what? Anyway, wow. uh, let, let, let's... Uh, let, let, let's move on. <laughs> uh, in a bit more fun uh, ways. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got a nosebleed looking at some of these. So... I mean, Dan, I'm impressed, firstly, that you even registered your team's uh, <laughs> predictions for, for this one. I saw that you're now sitting in a very lofty 98th position out of 107. Uh, now, considering you were 105th for, like, forever, because you kept forgetting to do it, uh, I think 98th with 37 points is pretty impressive. I'm 20th in the month as well, let me just oh, tell you. Here we go. We had this on, we did this on Monday, didn't we, Andy? You've overtaken uh, me in the... No, you haven't. Wait, are you? No, me hasn't. He you're really not. hasn't. You mate, you're in tenth. Tenth with a hundred points. How the hell have you done that? How the hell have I done that? Um, Twenty eight results and ten scores. Wow. Epic mate. No, you're doing really well. I'm I'm languishing in forty sixth with eighty four points. Not a million miles away. Um but there's there's not much points. I mean, if you look at the, the table, mate, you got I think it's Matthew Robinson and Carl Warburton sitting first and second. Yeah. I mean, they're literally separated by one point last time I looked. Um, it's like the championship table. Yeah, it mate it is. And then you know, even then, third place it was only like six points for Nick Green in third uh, when yeah. I was doing this earlier. I mean, it may have changed because I know part of Super Six, which this is where Dan goes. Oh crap, I forgot to do it. But I think there was some more games tonight that actually count. Yeah. So this will um, tell you how close it oh, is. Oh crap, I forgot to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this will tell you how close it is. There is o- Ocean Butler, who has jumped up 21 places tonight to go to 29th. Wow. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and wow. um, even Lewis Hughes has gone up 10 points. So, actually, we have got new uh, new points. I'm now on 94 points, so I've, I've gone up five places. So, Matthew's still top 120. Carl Warburton, second 119. Glenn Goodwin is 118. Um, wherever you've gone down. Oh, and you've only gone down three places, Yeah, I've mate. gone down three, but that's because I think I predicted Celtic to beat Leipzig, and, you know, that didn't happen. 
Well, I'm sure that um and I mean Dan, did you so you you did you genuinely forget that again? Tonight? I did genuinely forget. Super Six was always a weekend thing when I used to do it. <laughs> yeah, oh, now yeah, it's Champions League, that. and that's where it gets tough for us because we know nothing about the Champions League, really, do we? Well, it looks like you're not the only one who's forgotten, mate, because you're still in 98th. Um, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you. One thing I have not checked for weeks is Gaffer. Um, where whereabouts are we in that? Because I really have. So no clue. you, you are 34th currently, and that's these are updated rankings as we speak. So you are 34th with wow. 639 points, uh, just ahead of Crazy Gang 22. So do you know who's the manager of Crazy Gang 22 is, Michael? Um, no. He is our one of our most interacted with listeners, John Oldfield. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Uh, so then 38th is Andy with 623 points. I did pick up 72 points tonight, to be fair. Just behind Liam who's obviously been on this part of many times. And then I am in 42nd place with 601 points. So what I did say <laughs> on Monday was I'm getting a little bit worried because if I remember at the start of the season, we said anyone who finishes bottom in both of these competitions would have to do a forfeit. <laughs> now, do I don't think we discussed what that forfeit was. We did. We did. Yeah, it's something to do with Vale is what we discussed. It was we, going we, to we a never, match. We never actually said what it would be, but we you said it could maybe we could send you down the Vale. We could send them down the Vale or something. You have to post so we, it as well, Dan. Yes, we never actually have to like live stream it. <laughs> You've oh. got to wear a veil hat. I have to do a match day vlog. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> Could you imagine? Okay, well, that'll be, that'll be interesting then, Dan. Um, so, yeah, you've got to, well, you've got to put your finger out, quite yeah. frankly, haven't you, mate? You've really yeah, well, got to... it. At this point, if it is literally you have to finish bottom in both of them, at this point, you two are safe because I am miles behind in Super 6 and I've already proven... I cannot be trusted enough to keep filling it in every week to gain any points on you. So even if you finish bottom in Gaffer, you're obviously nobody but me is going to finish bottom in the other one. Don't feel so, too disheartened though, Dan, because you're only 22 points behind me and Gaffer, and then behind Mike is only another 15. Yes. Yeah, so so one game week you could jump us both. And I haven't I haven't been changing my team either. With, oh, so, I've not changed it for a few weeks. I had Josh Timon still in mind. That says how is much he? I've been... Yeah, well, he's not anymore. I've just changed him. But, yeah, he's... Uh, well, I think you've still got a respectable amount of points, though, Mike. Like, you picked up 51 points tonight, even with Timon still on your team. My captain has been Will Smallbone for... <laughs> since... I had Elias Chair as my captain. Well, I'm keeping going. I'm keeping going. Since week two... Week two, I made Will Smallbone my captain, and he is still my captain now. That's pretty much it, bar the quiz. I mean, is there any observations, anything you think we've missed? I mean, you, we've said, Dan, that there's no referee stats this week or anything like that because it's not been announced yet. But um, the, EF, the EFL needs to get the finger out. I suppose one thing we should actually mention, by the way, which um, we don't do enough, to be honest. We don't plug our own things. But um, So, yeah, the, uh, the Every Step Along the Way uh, podcast group, 
um, is uh, is obviously there as well. So if any podcast group, Facebook group rather, um, is there for anybody who uh, wants to join. We are now sitting on, it's 199 members uh, that we've got. So if you want to go to that, please do so. Um, Twitter is obviously every step along on there. And probably worth us mentioning as well, Dan, because um, I think probably a post is going to go out Friday. But um, so the Every Step Along the Way pod is also kind of uniting with um, a number of different uh, podcasts, Stoke City podcasts. It's going to be YouTube channels, uh, creators. There's a whole lot. Now, uh, we're doing uh, basically something called uh, Red and White Christmas. So it's going to be supporting three charities, which is the Dougie Mac, the Macquarie Foundation and the Stoke Food Bank. Um, so if you just uh, want to know how to get involved in that, um, it, it doesn't mean you have to donate money. You know, you can get involved in different ways, but it's just about trying to lighten things this Christmas, really. And, you know, supporting people uh, if you've got any. And there's a Just Giving page where, you know, obviously everything's going to, to those charities. So worthwhile charities. So if anybody wants to get involved, just make sure you keep an eye on the Facebook and Twitter groups. You'll see some links on there. Um, and it'd be good if you can kind of get involved. I appreciate that times aren't easy for any of us. But, um, you know, even if it's a quid, whatever, it, it, I'm sure it'd be appreciated. Yeah. Or even if there's just something that you feel you can, you've got something you, we you know, that could be auctioned off or you could do something where you get sponsored to raise money or any, anything you, where you want to get involved then yeah um check it out like say when it like mark said when it comes on when, and uh yeah let's see what we what good we can do absolutely and you know retweet it like it share it even if you can't contribute that's fine there's no pressure um just do all the normal retweeting for us and everything and just to spread the word around um Cool. Okay, Dan. So quiz. You mentioned it's going to be, I think, Sheffield United related or X player related at least. Um, so yeah, go on, mate. Surprises. What we got? Well, I've stumbled across a formula that could be like we could just swap it week to week to week to week. And it's so what I've got. I've got ten players here who have played for both Stoke and Sheffield United, and I just want you to tell me, did they play more games for Stoke? Or more games for Sheffield United. Like I say, this is perfect. We could just do this every week and we could just change, obviously change the team, couldn't we? Okay. Yeah. So, some of these are really easy. Like, the first one is really easy. Um, First one, Michael Tong. Did he play more games for Stoke or more games for Sheffield United? Sheffield. He did. He played 302 times for Sheffield United and played 19 times for Stoke. (laughs) <laughs> he was one of those last uh, emergency buys because nobody wanted to sign for us, did they? They saw us all get they all saw us get battered, didn't they, by uh, Bolton and thought, yeah, he's getting relegated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as it turned out, him and uh, Tom Saws rarely saw the pitch. Oh well, we needed bodies, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, number two, an equally easy one, I believe. Phil Jagielka. Did he play more for Stoke or Sheffield United? Sheffield United. Yeah, agreed. 309 games for Sheffield United. Currently 24 for Stoke. Feels like he's played more than that in a weird sense, though. So he only came in January, though, didn't he? I know. And he has, he's had two spells at Stoke. <laughs> Mind <laughs> you, he had two spells at Sheffield United as well. <laughs> so, getting it a little bit more tricky now. Paul Pesky Salido. I'll let you handle this one, Mike. More games for Stoke or Sheffield United? Oh, 
I've. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm. My head says Sheffield straight away without hesitation, but I'm gonna go Stoke. 102 games for Sheffield United. What do you feel? Still confident? Mm, not 81 so much, for Stoke. Yeah. 81. I was thinking so, how many years he was with us. I thought it was too tight. So, yeah. I was, I was technically right. <laughs> Adiakin Bay. Four games Ooh. for Stoke. Four games for Sheffield United. He was a bit of a journeyman, wasn't he? Mm, he was, yeah. I'm going to go Stoke on that one. Yeah. 66 games for Stoke. 20 for Sheffield United. So, well done. Carla Sarver is next. Uh, Sheffield. 75 games for Stoke. 80 for Sheffield United. So, I think that, to me, I was very surprised. I thought he played more games for Sheffield United. Than that. I did. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you're doing very well. You got four out of five. So, Bruce Dyer, did he play more games for Stoke? Or Sheffield United? Sheffield United. He played 12 games for Stoke. He only played eight for Sheffield United. Steve Simonson. Did he play more games for Stoke? Stoke. Or Sheffield United? I don't think it's going to be a huge gap, actually, but he was was here forever. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I've got to go Simo for Stoke. So he played 108 games for Sheffield United, but he played 187 for Stoke. Yes. That's a bigger gap than what you were probably thinking, isn't it? Yeah, slightly. Yeah. Richard Cresswell, did he play more games for Stoke or Sheffield United? Mm. Ooh. Sheffield Wednesday won us. Sheffield Wednesday, bloody hell. Um, yeah. So you're going for Stoke? I'd say yeah. so, yeah. He played 83 times for Stoke. And he played 141 for Sheffield United. <laughs> wow. wow. So, number nine, Lee Sanford. Did he play more for Who? Stoke? Lee Sanford. Defender, Never heard of him. Defender of the 90s. Played the Lou Macari side. Never heard of him in my life. Shall well, we just, we just, just, just guess Stoke? then, because, yeah, I don't remember this guy either. Yeah, go, we'll go, go Sheffield. Daniel. Oh, oh go we'll go Stoke. No, no, no. Go, no, go Stoke. Go Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, he played 183 times for Sheffield United, but he played 324 times for Stoke. <laughs> wow, we've been shown up there, haven't we? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> never, never heard of him in his 324 Stoke games. <laughs> yeah, there can't be many players who actually played that many for us. Oh my god! No. <laughs> I don't remember him at all. I really can't. Yeah, he was at Stoke like sort of early 90s, probably late 80s as well. But yeah, into the, like the mid 90s. Okay, so I would have only just been out of double, uh, out well, just gone into double figures and in terms of my age then. So fair enough. I was very young then. Yeah, I think he was. Like I say he was part of the Lou Macari sort of side in the early 90s and then obviously he was there with Macari come back again in the mid 90s okay. so number number 10 is Adam Davis Stoke gotta be Stoke can't it he's, he's not, not even played a cup game 
Yeah, so I'm not, I'm, but obviously, Adam Davies, it's not so much a question, it's more like a prediction, this one. So he signed for Stoke on the 28th of June 2019, and he made his debut on the 12th of July 2020, 383 days after he signed. He made his Sheffield United, he signed for Sheffield United, and so far on the day of this game, he will be two, it will be 256 days since he signed for Sheffield United. He is yet to play. Now, it, if it's to, to equal the time it took him at Stoke to play his first game, 382 days, will be the 10th of February next year. Will he make his debut before or after then? Depends on what. It depends on if Fodderingham gets injured. I, so well, probably I, after. Probably after. Yeah. I would say after me, I think. I mean, that was got just a bit of fun machine. at the end. That was all. Um... Well, yeah, it was, like it, was more, it was more oh, to the point. It was more to the point that he'd spent over a whole year waiting to play for Stoke and then he's gone to Sheffield United and allowed him to spend a whole year waiting to play for them as well. I wonder if he feels that was the right decision considering the dilemma we've had in goal in recent times. He would have gotten he would, he game plan now, wouldn't he? 100%. Oh, wow. I think I think maybe the club ushered him towards the door in respect of the, the FFP and the wages and not really being able to afford a backup goalkeeper on those kind of on the wages that he was earning. Not that yeah. it was masses, but it was a case of if we get him out, we can get Jagielka in, for example. Depends yeah. on what position was more important at the time. Yeah, like they were probably looking at, like, say, the wage budget and everything, thinking, "Oh, we are we are literally spending this money on a guy who we don't don't want to don't see as a first teamer when Joe Bursic's in form." And you know, can we not get some get rid of that and get you know that money better spent elsewhere? Oh well. You got a crystal ball. I think I think at the time they made the right decision, didn't they? Let's be honest. I think they have. Hmm. Um, so, fair enough. Actually, we've just hit 200 uh, members in their Facebook group. So, um, <clears throat> so three people in the last five minutes, by the looks of it. So I don't know what that's all about, but that's they, know we're, we're, they know we're bringing a pot out in the morning. There you go. We're not well, going out live, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we, we, I don't know what, what we've done here, but um, I'll throw no, it out no, on anyway. Twitter. No, uh, but uh, but yeah, no. Obviously, thanks for everybody who's who's, who's joining. It's great, and um, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. I'm not quite sure how long this has been, but I think it's you could definitely all agree that since I've come back, I've it's it you know, it, the, the ship has been steadied. You know that people can stop crying in the droves. You know, no withdrawal symptoms. You know, I've I've managed to point end to all of that. So, um, and considering I've not been very well, I'm, I've got through that quite well. So thanks. Um, Andy and Dan, always a pleasure. I say that obviously tongue in cheek. You know, this is a, it wouldn't be the same without all of us, to be honest. So no, it's good to have that. Um, and I guess we'll be back. What is it next time? I'm trying to think if we've got a midweek match coming up again. Um, no, we don't. We've got. A we whole, don't, do we? I was going to say this is resting. one of the really best rest your voice because this is one of the very few game, very few weeks we haven't got one between now and the World Cup, isn't it? We've got yeah, yeah Preston, and then we've got midweek game after. Then no midweek, yeah. So, yeah, how many more podcasts have we got? One, it's a hectic fixture. Two, three, four, five, six, 
seven, eight now. Eight more until the World Cup. I'll tell you how compact it's going to be. So, obviously, Saturday the 8th, Sheffield United. Preston on the 15th. Rotherham on the 18th. Coventry on the 22nd. Norwich on the 29th. Wigan on the 2nd of November. Birmingham on the 5th. Luton on the 8th. West Brom on the 12th. World Cup. Got some good chance to get some points there. But anyway. We've said um, that every week, mate. Yeah, we have, haven't we? (laughs) So, yeah, thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all then. Uh, Well, next week. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.